Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. I really wasn't sure about this at the start. But then a friend of mine said something that just made all kinds of sense. She said, think of it more as a conversation. I like that. But I'm already finding out on my own is that it's wiping the walls out between you and me, and I really like that. It allows us into each other's worlds, or I guess in my case, a hotel room. When I think about things I want to post, I want to post cool stuff, slick stuff, neat stuff. But most of the stuff I'm going to post is going to be raw stuff, like this. Because this is just who I am. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, December 1st, 2022. Happy Advent Calendar Day to you all. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory. And alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Happy No Work Month to America. <laughs> <laughs> Next to Tassie, it's a bearded one, my top shot hot boy. That's Trey Kirby. hey hey And last but not least, over yonder, making the magic happen, super producer J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Sorry, I'm trying to figure out what's gurgling behind me. Okay. It's all right. You're there. It's We're not. here. Gurgled then. Um, <laughs> let the conversation begin. All right, let's get to it. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Comment, like, subscribe. Get your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com for the holiday season. Makes a great gift. Hats, mugs, hoodies, shorts. I believe there's a few shorts available still. Yeah. That's true. T-shirts. I meant to wear my Young Santa sweatshirt today. Mm. Forgot to. But I'll wear it tomorrow. The one with you on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, there's more days in December, it turns out. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. tomorrow it will be. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, we're working most of December. The rest of America, I guess, doesn't. Uh, send in your questions and comments as well to nodunks at theathletic.com. You never know when we're going to hit the beach. Okay, on today's show, we are going to do our biggest surprises about all the Eastern Conference teams. Yesterday, we did the 15 Western Conference teams. Today, we'll do the 15 Eastern Conference teams. But we had a million games on last night. We're only going to touch on a couple, but we had some amazing performances. we got to get your thoughts on Devin Booker. Scoring 51 points in three quarters as the Suns absolutely hammered your Chicago Bulls. Uh, why don't you get us started there, TK? What do you think about that performance? Devin Booker's pretty good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this guy can score the basketball. I mean, you know, he started out Patrick Williams on him for quite a few possessions. Too slow. Mm-hmm. Alex Caruso did a better job of staying close. Too short. Yeah. Uh, it appears that some of Devin Booker's baskets were assisted, according to uh, the tracking data at NBA.com slash stats, but I don't believe it because it seemed like he was making every single play off the dribble and scoring every single time he wanted to. Finished 20 for 25. Oh, my God. Incredible stuff. Uh, this is coming after a 44-point game in his previous outing, so 95 points over two nights. 
pretty good. Devin Booker just <laughs> won uh, Player of the Month, I believe, Tass. Yes. And We're waiting for that word, officially. I mean, he had three 40-point games. I guess it was the end of November. Games. Perfect, yeah. Yeah, yeah three 40-point games there in November, and then the 51 last night in three quarters. What was great about it was only six free throws, just continuously burying shots. A lot of the time as well, you know, we say it was like the guy couldn't miss. And this was like he couldn't miss. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to have a special 80% from the field night, 20 for 25. Like if we're going back to that 70-point game he had a while back in Boston. Yeah, 2017. Uh, yeah, so so long ago. He missed a lot of shots then. He took 40-plus shots. Yeah. Uh, this one, my God. Uh, it was wild to see him shoot just through Alex Caruso. I always think of Devin Booker not not as a huge guard because he's also not massive. He's not wide. Uh, but it looked like no one could just affect his shot last mm-hmm. night. <laughs> he, he literally was ultra confident. That was that was you know one of those uh, when a shooting guard gets going kind of fun nights. And he's not a deep three point shooter, but that last one. Late in the third, that was deep. <laughs> yes. He was feeling I mean, everything. The first couple minutes of the second half, he was unstoppable. It didn't matter who the Bulls threw at him. He was like, I'm going to score here. Either pull up at three, attack with like left-handed finishes at the rim, or that jumper that's money, either working in the post or just getting to the free throw line area. It's just pure, pure, pure. A couple great stats about Booker's game from one of my favorite sub-stacks right now, Statitudes. Listen to this. Throughout NBA history... There have been 566 50-point games recorded in the regular season. 566. Booker's effort is just the 13th in which a player uh, shot at least 80% from the field. Tough to do 80% field goal percentage in a 50-point game because it does usually take, you know, a lot of shot attempts to get to that high mark. Or free throws, even. Or free throws, that's right. He did all of this, Booker did, in 30 minutes and 40 seconds. Only four players have recorded a 50-point game with less playing time. A total of five instances. You want to play some trivia? Can you name the guys? That they, they're all current players to help you 50 out 50 points in 50 points minutes. in less minutes than Booker did last night. So basically okay. less than 30 minutes sure, is what sure, we're sure, getting sure. at here. Yeah. Wow. Did Giannis do it? I no. like he had a 28 no. or no. It wasn't no. 50. No. A guy did it this calendar year. This so calendar last season, year. a big guy, Joel Embiid. Yes, mm. Embiid in January 2022. Obviously, this year he scored 50 points in uh, 27 minutes in like three seconds mm. uh, against the Magic, I believe it was. Okay, the player that uh, I'd love you to get, he did it twice. You would love us to get this guy yeah, specifically. I think you should. Uh, Kevin Durant. Oh, you were doing. I this. was going to do Clay. That's right. No dribbling. That's <laughs> no exactly dribbling. right. Yeah, sure, Clay sure. did it twice in 2016 and 2018, and then a pair of teammates did it also in 2018. They did it in like 29 minutes and change, where they had a 50 point game. They did it like oh. 10 days apart. Kyrie, no, no, oh. no. Hmm. This is. Uh, they're no longer teammates. I'll give you that little hint in the trivia here. One still plays for the current team, and uh, one has moved on to another oh. Western Conference team. Another Western Conference team. Yeah. Well, so both Western Conference guards, one has never made the All-Star team, one is a perennial All-Star. Oh, Jamal Murray. No. Oh. No, no, no. Nuts. No, he hasn't moved. Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. That's uh, right, nice. sir. Yes. Nice. Uh, flip it around. It was C.J. first and then Dame uh, in 2018. Again, some like 10 days apart. I don't really remember that, but late January and then early February. So good stuff there from Statitudes. <laughs> Statitudes? Man, you like stats. Uh, go check out this Substack. stack. Uh, okay, let's keep it going. I mean, Devin Booker, just unreal. We also had uh, a game of note last night because I bet my house on it and I'm rich now. Mm. Two uh, houses. Yeah, exactly. I got two houses, man. Uh, Anthony Edwards, he sparks 
the Townsless Wolves to the 109-101 victory over the Grizzlies. So uh, a little bit of a rivalry between these two teams meeting in the playoffs. But uh, we, we thought, Tess, no cat. Watch the, uh, it's the Ewing Theory, as uh, Bill Simmons has called it forever. And, and they came out and played pretty well here, uh, Minnesota did. Anthony Edwards threw Rudy Gobert an alley-oop in the fourth. Indeed. Don't see that very often. <laughs> uh, maybe they'll have some chemistry just because Carl Anthony Towns is out. Ant- Edwards is going to have the ball. Rudy Gobert is going to be the center. I thought Kyle Anderson being inserted to the starting yep. lineup is very, very key for this team. Just a glue guy. Yep. A connector, if Ooh. you will. Uh, I a bridge? Think, uh, you want to go bridge? bridge? Sure, sure. So many bridges. Um, not Mikel, not Miles, obviously, but get the hell out of here. Yeah, but Jeff. This, but this <laughs> Jeff Todd. See you later. Uh, anyway, I think he might he might just force his way into the starting lineup and might not leave the starting lineup. He's Kyle Anderson is just perfect for might not team. leave. What he happens in four to six weeks when well, Cat comes back? Trade him. He can be starters. a small forward. Oh, oh, oh! Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay, super cool. big. That's, yeah, interesting. Interesting. Kyle's not a big. He's a wing. He's slow, though. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, plays he's like a slow team. Uh, no, yeah. He's great. I mean, I agree with you. He is one of those classic, like, uh, as your, you know, whatever, fourth or fifth player yeah. in the starting lineup, he's he's fantastic. Yeah, in he helps. He just helps. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what Rudy Gobert and Anthony Edwards can do together. Hopefully, hopefully that happens because Carl's not there. <laughs> when the, And then they, it pays off later on when Towns does come back. Towns will be in the starting lineup when he comes back. I can yes. guarantee that. Mm. Maybe they should look to trade him, though. You're going to see that. They start pulling off some wins here. You know those uh, Absolutely those rumors will. will fire up. But what would you think about uh, Ant leading the Wolves to the win? I thought he was awesome in the yeah. fourth quarter in particular. And I can't believe it. I got to tip my hat to Rudy Gobert. For all of his screen assists. Oh, this sicko? guy was screening last night. It's not a coincidence to me that they ran so many pick and rolls. You're right. Edwards did eventually pass the ball to Rudy Gobert for an alley-oop. Everybody went crazy. But he was setting great screens, getting a ton of space for Edwards to then be able to attack downhill. And then Edwards was just finishing over whoever happened to be there. Didn't matter if it was one guy, two guys, three guys. Eventually he did get it to Rudy Gobert, but that was kind of just like a, I felt like a, a thank you gift from Anthony Edwards. Thanks for getting me open so many times in this fourth quarter. Have a nice dunk for the road. Yeah, yeah. and Rudy was calling for re-screens even. He was saying, get up there, get up top, bring the ball to Anthony <laughs> Edwards and screen. And the, the, the bigger question mark in the starting lineup isn't, obviously, Carl Anthony Towns is going to come back. I think Kyle Anderson is key. It's Anthony Edwards gets the ball more if D'Angelo Russell isn't there. I think that would that guy should be the the number one trade prospect because last year things worked out with Patrick Beverly back there uh, and and things were just a, a lot different on that team. So that that's the chemistry issue I think. Anthony Edwards just got to be more prominent. Russell was a table setter last night yeah. with the tennis and he hit a big three, uh, it, you know, uh, an important three in this game because it was close. And then the Grizzlies they got upset, didn't they? And, uh, <laughs> they were mad. You know, Dylan Brooks and John Morant getting a little pissed off with this one. But the Wolves get it done without Cat there, uh, as everyone predicted. Uh, and final game that we need to uh, just touch on briefly here. The Boston Celtics continuing their winning ways. Had some uh, royalty in attendance <laughs> last night, too. I know Trey was pumped up about that. Your, your, your sister must have been ecstatic about this. This is the first time my sister has been in our basketball group text. Me, my dad, my stepbrother, and my sister hopping in. Starting a full new group text. Oh, wow. Did you know Will and Kate are going to the game tonight? Oh, she knew it in advance. Skates, she's flying Jesus. to Boston today 
because they're still there doing some uh, climate change initiatives. Yeah. She's just hoping to catch a glimpse mm. of the royals. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. I, <laughs> I love cool. that these people the still game. exist. Yeah, so I was like updating her the entire night on how often they were clapping. Uh, <laughs> I sent her the clip of Will saying, He's very good. Yes. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> After Jason Tatum, Tatum hit back-to-back threes, I thought it was hilarious uh, that they put him up on the Jumbotron and the Boston Celtics fans responded by <laughs> chanting, USA, we got your tea party right here, Will! <laughs> it did leave a question, though. I mean, 49 points from Jason oh. Tatum. They stayed the whole game. They were there the whole game. This is only the Respect. second game these two have been to. The first was in December 2014. They showed up in the third quarter. For Cavs versus Nets yeah, game. Yeah, LeBron, right? Yeah, yeah it ended yeah. up being a blowout. Leading scorer that night, Dion Waiters <laughs> with 26 points. I don't think that one is going to make it into the crown. 49 points, though, from Jason Tatum? <laughs> wow. Season 10? A de-aged Drake playing Jason Tatum? Yeah. Come on. I think uh, they got to get it in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's going to be like 50 years old by the time, uh, you know, they make season 10 of The Crown. He's supposed to play a 19-year-old, but they can do incredible things with computers. <laughs> well, yeah, Will and Kate stay for the whole game. Our king, our Canadian king, Drake, doesn't stay for 48 minutes. No, they, they stay for the entire thing. It was, imp- it was impressive. I, unfortunately, I thought it was Will and Grace that was going to be there and not Will and Kate. <laughs> I would have been a little bit more pumped for them. But yeah, I, yeah my, my dumb, uh, pointless Twitter investigative work yeah. led me to believe that there was a good amount of cheers instead of just the USA <laughs> chance. Uh, like who, who cares? But I mean, the, the donkeys that know geography and start chanting USA, <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, I don't know how many there were. I would like to think that it was mostly cheers for willing kids. You'd like to say that? Yeah. Well, God. rather than USA, hey, did you know you flew to the USA? We're chanting USA at you. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, well, there... some, some notable moments in United States history have happened in Boston. <laughs> and I'll tell you who the villains were. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, well, Will they asked uh, they asked Celtics <laughs> yeah, well. coach uh, Joe Mazzula after the game oh, yeah. if he got a chance to meet the royal family. <laughs> this was Joe Mazzula's quote. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph? I'm only familiar with one royal family. I don't know too much about them, but hopefully they're Celtics fans. Mm. Talking about, obviously, Prince William and uh, Kate Middleton. <laughs> what a quote! That's going to be one of the quotes of the year. You need to get off Twitter and go to church from Joe Mazzula. That's nice. I would like to see, if Tatum goes on to pull out an MVP victory, uh, Prince William and Kate like, give it to him. And, you know, Prince, could, Prince William could be like, yeah, he is good. He is MVP. Uh, cheer, cheer, cheer. Uh, but yeah, dominant performance, 49, as, uh, as the Celtics are just continue to be lights out we'll get to them of course when we get to our surprises for eastern conference teams here and uh i got some stats about them and their offense being the greatest of all time right now it by a landslide actually it's wild after uh what 22 games they played uh the only other note from the celtics game happened this morning i don't know if you guys saw Woj tweeting that al horford has agreed to a two-year 20 uh 20 dollar 20 million dollar <laughs> contract extension that ties him to the franchise through his 39th birthday so big al Signing on for a couple more years. That'll kick in uh, 23, 24. 39, huh? I think uh, he's going to be good till he's 39. So you 39. think that's a steal, 10, 10 mil a year? Uh, 39, he's, he's been in the league a long time, but he stays pretty young, it feels like, right? Like he's, he, he's, looks like, he looks he's identical, man. He's, yeah, he, and he loves playing in Boston. He wanted to get back to Boston right. after his first stint there. 
they tried the Philly thing, went to OKC, and they got him back to Boston. His whole family, speaking of the his royal family, has, has <laughs> always said has always said that he wanted to go back to Boston. He's pumped to be there. I think he'll be yeah, spry through his 39th birthday. Alfred Joel Horford Reynoso. You don't think in a couple of years from now we'll see who would it be? Who would be like a comparison? Uh, who's a, who's a great young wing, like a super young wing in the NBA? Like a small forward. Give me an answer. Like, like any small forward, Jabari Smith Jr. Okay, okay. He's very you don't young. think in a couple of years Al Horford uh, being 39, 40, that we'll see Jabari Smith Jr. matched up on him in the <laughs> corner <laughs> like we saw Tatum blowing by Haslam last night? Wow. Uh, you don't think that'll be an issue with, saying... with an old Al? <laughs> yeah, that was that was. What a weird tough. way for me to get there. <laughs> that was tough. That was crazy. What are they doing to poor <laughs> Haslam, man? <laughs> They put Udonis Haslam, the oldest player in the NBA, born in 1980 on Jason Tatum in the corner. Plus, they had that corner cam where it was right on the floor so you could see just one shimmy from Jason Tatum put Udonis Haslam in the absolute opposite direction. Poor dude. Now, Haslam is older than I am. That's amazing. Yeah, he's the only player born in 1980. Wow. Left in the NBA. Yeah, he's 42 years old. But he hasn't been playing. No, or for plays. No, yeah. no, I know, I know, right. I know. I know. Anyway, but yeah, he could be. But he's a back at ten mil. When the salary cap goes up, he's still a backup. Like that could be priced as a backup. And Big. and and like whatever he's contributing in in two years from now, and he's basically fives. like Haslam. He's like a coach. Yeah. Totally. He's either a player coach or he's just like you know yeah spot minutes here or there and he's like such a great locker room guy and presence and stuff like that. So yeah, good stuff from uh, Horper there. Okay, should we get into the teams? Let's get into the teams. The big surprises. At the quarter mark of the NBA season, for all the Eastern Conference teams today, again, if you want to hear our Western Conference thoughts, check out yesterday's podcast. These could be good or bad, so positive or negative, can be about specific players, can be about coaches or even trends. We're going to start in the middle of America, the Central Division. Yeah, I thought this was an interesting choice. (laughs) By me. Yeah, the Central of all the three to choose from. Uh, You know why I picked the Central? You want me to peel back the curtain? Yeah, peel it. I I think I picked them the other day because uh, I was like, what's the what's the best the best conference? Excuse me, the best division right now. Overall, the best division. Now, now you would you would maybe counter. Well, hold on. How's it not the Atlantic, right? Boston with the best record. But then there's like who's the there's the Raptors, the Sixers. Sixers, Like they're all like sort of everybody else is five hundred pretty much. Yeah. So this one we got the Bucks and we got the Cavs. Mm. You know, the Pacers are about a 500 team. So, anyway, it's the that's, best division. That's why I went with them. So, Tass, <laughs> you just kick back and chill for a second. Uh, <laughs> I'll take this one, buddy. <laughs> Trey, the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, what's been the biggest surprise about the Milwaukee Bucks a quarter of the way through the NBA season? How about how good Brooke Lopez is? Yeah, I agree. Great to have this guy back. We've known about the defense. He's been awesome defensively for the Bucks this entire season, his entire tenure with Milwaukee, uh, but he's stepped it up defensively and offensively. He is crushing it right now. 50% from field, 40 from three, 80% at the free throw line. He's averaging a, a Bucks best. You know, it's his Bucks tenure. This is the most points he's averaged. This is the most blocks he's had his entire career uh, in the NBA. He looks basically like Brooklyn Brook right now. I think he's kind of a shoe-in at this point for Defensive Player of the Year. He seems to be the leader uh, in the clubhouse if you're checking the tweets out there. 
And there's a potential he makes an all-star game right now, 10 mm-hmm. years apart from his last time uh, there with the Nets. So I think him coming back and being able to assume a huge chunk of the offense with Chris Middleton missing time, with Drew Holiday missing time, Pat Connaughton was out for a while. They've just had a lot of points off the board, but Brooke has been able to step into that scoring role, which is a little bit of a surprise for me because he seemed to be pretty content to just be a catch-and-shoot player for the Bucks the past couple of seasons. But... Anytime they've needed him, we saw it in the playoffs against the Hawks. Anytime they've just needed Brooke Lopez to be a scorer, he can obviously still do it. They've needed it early in the season uh, this year, and he's really stepped up. He's an all-star. I think he's going to make the all-star team. Even as a guy who's averaging 15.5 points a game, they're going to pick a second buck, it feels like to me. Because the Celtics and Milwaukee will have sort of... The best records. Well, you know, I I, I I shouldn't just say just because they're going to be a great team. Brooke deserves it. Brooke is just so good, mm-hmm. period. And he has just been phenomenal. He's reinvented his game, and this is going to be his first All Star appearance in a freaking decade, which would be the longest. <laughs> it's the longest. I mean, uh, nobody span. ever actually followed up. I know, with me but, on it's that, gotta but it's got to be. It's, it's got to be the it's longest. Be. It's, it's either going to be Drew Holiday or Brooke Lopez. Yep. Incredibly, uh, being a decade apart, I think, as an all-star selection. A uh, dude just keeps reinventing himself yeah. over and over and over again. He used to just work in the paint, and now they're finding him in the paint more. They're finding him on little dives and, and that kind of thing. And he reinvented his shot, as uh, Eric Name wrote about on The Athletic. Actually, Eric Name, shout out to Eric Name. Hell yeah. National Sports Media Association nominate, nominated him as a Wisconsin sports writer finalist. Wisconsin, back to the middle of the country. Uh, so congrats <laughs> to him, and congrats to Brooke. I, I think as we've gone through the, all the All-Stars in uh, the recent Bucks history, it's always been Chris Middleton has always been the second one. He's not there. It's it's uh, it's kind of Wiggins like, you know, they didn't have Clay last year. Wiggins got in there. Mm. Uh and there's been talk before about Bledsoe as the third guy True. even Drew, but Drew hasn't been phenomenal. This yeah. guy has been great. He's been phenomenal and yeah, oh yeah, here comes Chris Middleton. Too. Yeah, yeah, I guess uh possibly back this Friday. They're saying with Chris Middleton returning to the Bucks. I think it's uh it's fun to imagine to skip ahead to what uh, may Bucks versus Celtics in, in a potential matchup wherever it is is it in the second round is it more likely in the conference finals of Brooke being uh, a bit of a difference maker against a team like the Celtics because Robert Williams in theory should be back but of course Brooke can stretch the floor and like maybe a difficult sort of matchup there for Robert Williams and then can Brooke hold his own inside against him I, it's just fun to think about that and like for the Milwaukee to beat Boston uh, he'll have to play, he'll have to play at an All Star level like he's been on both ends. So I don't want to talk awesome. about how inevitable it feels like because I still we still have sixty games left in yeah. the Eastern Conference for each team, but it, it feels like those are the Eastern I just Conference. Think finals. If those two teams are like healthy, be yeah. Robert Williams coming back, Chris Middleton coming back, like I I can't talk myself into any other team beating them four out of seven times. And and like as much as the Cavs have been great, <laughs> it, it, the Sixers are obviously a beast with Embiid, but uh, I don't know. They just feel like on both sides of the ball, and they obviously. We've seen how far they've gone before winning titles and getting to the finals and stuff like that. They're the two best teams in the league right now, and both yeah. of them are missing a key starter. Yeah, that's it. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robbie Williams is coming back too. He's been uh, in the Robbie <laughs> yeah, Williams. Yeah, uh, <laughs> He was never here in America, really. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Never really made it. What's he maybe, scheduled to be maybe back? Maybe Will and Kate could have brought him. Yeah. Um, you know, like, he's on the practice floor. Blocking oh, shots. I did see that clip, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the overhead practice yeah. gym shot. He's blocking shots. Pretty cool. Love that shot. Uh, <laughs> but even – and Giannis just had 
Speaking of last night's game, he had 37, 13, and 7 in the garden last night. No one cares. No, no, no. Uh, he, he fouled out. And he's been shooting better at the free throw line, too. He's game. coming around 73% in his last four games. Let's go to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, and you know what? I should take back what I just said, that it's inevitable that the Celtics and Bucks are going to play in the conference finals. Oh, respect. And, and here's why. This caught me by surprise. Biggest surprise. They have the Cleveland Cavaliers a better plus-minus than the Bucks. Than a team like the Nuggets out west, they have the third best plus plus minus in the league right now, behind the Celtics plus eight point six, the Suns plus seven point four, and there's the Cavs plus six point nine. They've been hammering some teams, and after last night's ass kicking, the Cavs have a top two defense in the NBA, despite ranking almost dead last in steals per game and really quite low in blocks per game too. So how are they getting it done? Well, it's just impossible to score on them in the paint especially when Jared Allen is playing and him and Mobley are there as your one-two. They rank fourth in the NBA in that category. They're by far one of the best defensive rebounding teams in the league, so they just finish possessions. And to piggyback off that, they don't give up any second-chance points. Like, you have one chance to score on this Cleveland Cavaliers team, and then, like, they grab the defensive rebounds. Like, you're not really getting a, another chance because they're the best team in the league in giving up the fewest second-chance points to their opponent. Teams are shooting under 46%. You know, that's one of the best marks in the league. So this defense is legit, paired with a, you know, a top, I believe, seven offense. They're good. And that plus-minus uh, caught me by surprise. Like, those, those are the signs of a really, really damn good team, and the, and the record uh, represents that. So maybe I am... I, 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 I think they're, like, a year away from beating, I think, a fully healthy Bucks or Celtics team. But, man, that's the right trajectory with still a young squad. They beat the Celtics twice already <laughs> this season, point. but it's going to be a problem when they get to the playoffs point, and though. you got Dean Wade, Garden, Sir Jason Tatum. I would like to see a little more from Evan Mobley, if I'm being quite honest. He's been basically the same player he was his rookie season, which was a really, really solid yeah. player. But, you know, he's still at 15 points a game, just like he was last season. I think he could probably be a better three-point shooter, but doesn't seem to be looking for it right now. He just hasn't put a stamp on this season thus far yeah those two wins over the uh celtics both in overtime right so you know like very very competitive close games uh just looking at their schedule the Cavs, they're nine and one at home (laughs) so they've only lost one game there Mm -hmm. um and 10 of their next 13 are there in the uh what's it called (laughs) rocket mortgage (laughs) arena they call it the rock i feel like now Uh, okay so must be rocket mortgage anyway they have a Rocket lot of home games. Field house. Oh, field house. That's what it is. Take yeah. out another mortgage on your field house. <laughs> uh, so that got renamed to True Build, didn't it? Oh, that's another one. I'm just kidding. Just names. Go ahead. <laughs> anyway, that stretch there. That's like we're we're getting into the new year almost. That's past Christmas. Yeah. They could have a killer ass record if they continue to win these <laughs> games uh, at home. So maybe they will be there with uh, the the Bucks and the Celtics in terms of uh, elite records with that very very heavy home schedule. It'd be right. Great. They've been right. phenomenal. They have. You know how much I love this Cavs team. They had a, that tough stretch where they we lost five in a row, was it? Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. I will say, as much as I love this team, I, th- I thought that they would finish third in the Eastern Conference standings. I think they sort of lost their chance to overtake the Bucks because the Bucks are ahead of them. And then they get Chris Middleton back. Uh, so I, th- I think this is... The, the way the Celtics are playing, by far and away the best regular season team, and the Bucks have been unhealthy... Uh, But if the Cavaliers are the third or fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. That is a monstrous feat. Incredible. No, (laughs) it is. I I made that my bold prediction, and it doesn't seem bold now. But but, but with the the Sixers and the Raptors and the Hawks and even the Nets to some degree and the Miami Heat, 
though they had to fight with those teams for a third in the Eastern yeah. Conference, and they've beat them all up so far. Yeah. All right, Tass, Indiana Pacers. Oh boy. What do you got? The fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. Who would have friggin' thunk it? They're twelve and nine, and it's surprising to me that they found their backcourt of the future now, like this fast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who the hell thought that Benedict Matherin? Would be a potential rookie of the year. It's him and Bancaro. Bancaro's playing great, but he is injured. Uh, the fact that he has come in beside Tyrese Halliburton, who, even with bigger opportunity, has continued to just be a pleasure to play with, I'm sure. He's just finding everybody. Yeah. We've talked about the assist-to-turnover ratio, the Chris Paul-like. Oh, he had some turnovers against Sacramento there. Ridiculous. In the Halley Bowl. Two turnovers. Yes, that's right. 50 <laughs> assists to two turnovers, I guess, in the last four games. Uh, so, they got it. We just had a conversation about whether or not the Hawks, Cavs, or Pacers were the best backcourt. And, and Trey said... Not now, but five years from now. And maybe it's true with Halliburton and Matherin, when you put them beside Donovan Mitchell, who's you know a little bit older, obviously beside Darius Garland and Trey and, and Jonathan Murray's a little bit older. This could be a, a backcourt that's together forever. They drafted Matherin at number six behind Jay Nivey and Keegan Murray, other guards mm-hmm. in, in this draft. Uh, and he is he's a star. He just loves contact. He's so decisive when he drives. He goes at it real hard. He shoots the three forty percent on nearly six a game. Beside Halliburton, again, who just passes to everybody. They also wear zero and double zero. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. That's got to be a first. A starting backcourt in NBA history wearing zero and double zero. <laughs> I was going to say, who, uh, did anyone play with Westbrook? Is what uh, I'm, I'm definitely been, in my brain. Or Dame. Or Dame. Dame, yeah. Dame and Mello were zero and double zero in <laughs> yeah. Portland. Not a starting backcourt. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, they, uh, you even throw in Andrew Nebhard, who they drafted. Hell yeah. 31st in the draft. They look good. He's 40% from three. They look good. Uh, and it's surprising that they haven't traded Miles Turner, Buddy Hill, to me. But when they're 12 and nine, it's kind of hard to break up the party, I guess. Mm. Uh, they, are, they are looking pretty solid. Will they deal one of those guys and just build – behind Matherin and uh, try and get, you know, another wing-ish or big that sort of fits the timeline of Matherin and Halliburton. Feels think, like they will. I think you move off of those guys, but you just wait for, like, an offer you can't refuse, yeah, right? There's, there's There's no uh, rush to, like, like, get these guys out of here. Like, oh, like, they're, they're killing our chemistry. It's like, it feels like, I mean, it doesn't even feel like it is. This is Halliburton's team, you know? It's, mm-hmm. not, it's not buddies. It's not Miles Turner. It's it's his squad. It feels mm-hmm. like as as the point guard. So yeah, they'll just wait it out until they get a. I would assume a really really good deal. That's draft picks or a young prospect or or something that they could uh, add to the very very young core there. Pacers, man, I thought they were gonna be the worst team in the league. <laughs> so I'm eating some crow on this one right now. I, I where will they be at the end of the regular season? I I, I don't know. Like will they be a playing team? Better. I, I guess my gut says I just like <laughs> I have to like double down on them like falling back to earth and. Maybe they'll be a ninth or tenth seed, which would still be surprising to me because, again, I thought they'd be the worst. But, yeah, Matherin's going to win either Rookie of the Year or Sixth Man of the Year. Probably more likely he wins Sixth Man of the Year at this point. He's probably the leader right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. You see, I feel like on Twitter every night, has a, has a rookie ever won Sixth Man <laughs> of the Year? Always you always see it. You always see it. But, you know, it would behoove them, I think, to be bad in the second half of the season. Certainly, they've got their own pick this year. They're getting a couple of extra first-rounders, one from Boston, one from Cleveland. Those aren't going to be great picks, no. obviously, but their own pick could be great, or they could just, you know, be a 500 team, try and make it to the play-in tournament. I think it's more likely they go the other way. I do think it is funny that 
despite the fact this is Tyrese Halliburton's team, Miles Turner is going to take the game-winning shot every single time. <laughs> He's getting yeah. it up. It's yeah. a little bit of a showcase for sure. He, even he was, o- he he was open make... the other night against the Lakers. He might make one. He might make one. <laughs> he might. What were you going to say? He was, yeah, he was asking for that ball. <laughs> he keeps asking. He took the, the initial one, which could have been the game-winner. Yeah bounced out and then he wanted it back he is always firing those threes yeah well he's trying to get traded to the league (laughs) i gotta show them i can hit a game-winning three here i guess the other odd thing is beside him jalen smith former phoenix sun is starting which is strange Mm -hmm. because jalen smith was always a a center um but now it's those two starting together and jalen smith is firing threes and so does so is uh miles turner so this team I think they're third in the league in terms of three-pointers per game. They're shooting like 40 a game. Yeah, they fire every guy. Every guy in the rotation uh, fires away. You said uh, Mikhail Bridges, uh, Jeff Bridges, Todd Bridges. What about Gainbridge Fieldhouse? Shut up. I'll just shut, <laughs> up. I'll just shut the hell up. Gainbridge. I can't even say it. Game it's just Bridge a field, field house to me. Still Conseco in my books. <laughs> that's what it's called? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's stupid of me. I do like the name Field House, though, for an arena. So do I. Yeah, yeah it's very, very good. Yeah. Feels like there's just uh, mice running around. Everywhere. Feels like a barn, you know? It seems drafty for sure. Yeah, yeah. There's a tractor somewhere yeah. in there. All right, Chicago Bulls. I got them. I took them from you. Uh, biggest surprise? Yeah, uh, earmuffs. Biggest surprise about the Bulls? is that they have the league's worst record in games that were within five points in the last five minutes. We're talking we're talking clutch situations. Yeah, clutchers. Two and eight record. That's uh that's crazy to me because they have what who's considered one of the best closers in the game, really, in DeMar DeRozan. So I think that's the wild part. And according to John Schumann from the NBA power rankings. That guy's dropping tidbits left and right. <laughs> this guy loves those. tidbits. Holy moly. Uh, Shu pointed out, DeRozan is one of like four players, Jeremy Grant, Paul George, Dennis Smith Jr., as the others, with at least three buckets to tie or take the lead in the final minute of the fourth quarter or overtime. So DeRozan, he's clutch. But when you add it all up, <laughs> all these close games within five down the stretch, they're two and eight. That's their clutch record, which is the worst, worse than the Magic, which are right on their heels in terms of like win percentage a low win percentage so magic you know, beat the bulls in a clutch game too <laughs> yeah right Oof. right right Oof. so that's uh you know their record is bad but they win half of those pull them out uh, and it's not as gross but hey, man, that sounds optimistic to I me guess. i appreciate it yeah that's a that's a schumann stat there for you mm. i don't know if schumann still jumps in the stream team is he there shoo you there <laughs> it depends on if it's tidbit season or not and right <laughs> now it's tidbit season uh derozan last year was money in the clutch like yeah. he had so many game winners he obviously had the back-to-back nights game winner so even like a small step back in clutch percentage <laughs> yeah it's gonna be bad for the bulls and you're seeing if a like you know i don't know he didn't shoot 80% in the clutch last year, but it kind of felt like it, and the Bulls overperformed. Now he is not shooting that well, and they're underperforming. Another surprise, I would say, is Billy Donovan getting an extension months ago. <laughs> Why didn't we really know about strange. this? I don't know. Why is that kept a secret? <laughs> I don't know. There's no, there's no reason. Yeah. No, there is no reason, because they got to the playoffs, and yeah, they won like 47 46? games? 46. Yeah. And so when you give a coach an extension after that, you know, it's the Nate McMillan thing. It's anybody. Everybody says, oh, yeah, yeah they got yeah, to the well playoffs. Deserved. That's yeah. good. Yeah. But now when they're bad, you <laughs> report it. Weird. <laughs> Very strange. Yeah. It's like they, they got better uh, in Donovan's first season. They got better the next season. That would have been the time to announce it. <laughs> yeah. Like, that would have been the time I'd be like, hey, we signed this guy to an extension. Not when you come in and kind of have a disappointing start. Yeah. Instead, they had to like... <laughs> Uh, leak it, I guess, if you want to call it that, after people were like, huh, Billy Donovan on the hot seat? 
Like, are they tuning him out? Like, this is bad. This isn't going well. And they're like, uh, actually, we locked him up already. Uh, the seat is so incredibly he's cold. He's probably not going anywhere all this quickly. So, yeah, way to slip that in there. All right, final team, the Detroit Pistons in the Central Division. What do you got? Yeah, not one of the best teams in the Central Division. Um, I think the biggest surprise is we had that preseason debate. Which up-and-coming team? between the Pistons and the Magic would be better, would be more watchable. (laughs) And it's surprising the Magic have kicked the Pistons' ass. Mm. Now, I would say... In just watchability factor? Watchability and better. They're better. They play clutch games. They're they're two and a half points per game worse, the Pistons are, in terms of point differential. That's the second worst in the NBA. Spurs are the worst. But... Obviously, injuries play a factor here. They're, they're dead last in the East. They're 5-18. and 18. Cade Cunningham has played half the team's games. Mm-hmm. They're still debating whether the shin will have uh, surgery uh, or uh, whether or not he's going to just rest it and play through it. So that's, that's a huge factor. He had a good stretch while he was playing. But I guess some other surprising things about all these young and up-and-coming guys on the Pistons. Let, let's go through the young and up-and-comers that people were excited about. Sadiq Bey, we're talking about 50-point games here. He had one at the end of last season. Because he's a great three-point shooter. But uh, he's only shooting 27% yeah. from three. Weird. Yeah, right. uh, the, <laughs> he's a third-year player, 38, 34, and 27 in his first three years in the league. On the other side, Isaiah Stewart, the beef stew starting center. Many many people have uh, likened him to Al Horford in terms of the shot selection. He should be able to step out and hit a few threes a game. And he's been great, 36 and a half. From three, since November 2nd, the man is balling from three. 51.7% thanks to James Edwards for that stat. And he takes four games, so that's great. And Jay Nivey has been good uh, at shooting guard alongside, uh, you know, Kate Cunningham. And those are those are the guys that we're talking about. And Jalen Duran has been good off the bench. So they've been fine, but uh, if they don't have Cade, yeah. this team just, yeah, it's not. It's it's just it goes from potential yelling at the play-in tournament to not even close. So, that's the most surprising thing, I, I, I guess, is that Sadiq Bey isn't uh, isn't balling, and that uh, the Magic have been a little bit more enjoyable. Just, yeah, <laughs> mainly because of Bull Bull. Yeah, Bull and Boncaro. Yeah, I think yeah. the problem is that when you watch the Magic, it's like. Bull is fun to watch. Yeah. Bancaro is super fun to watch. When you watch the Pistons, unfortunately, their best player is Bojan Bogdanovic. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of the problem there. Sadiq Bey's career shooting splits are hilarious, though. 35% from three for his career, but he shoots 54% against the Celtics. Like, he's just knockdown shooter against wow. the Celtics. He, there's mm-hmm. the, always that random guy that just kills your team. It's Sadiq Bey for Boston. Mm. Weird one. Uh, yeah. Will Lou calls that the uh, Gerald Henderson Award. Yeah, there you go. There when you you're go. Talking about the random guys killing your own squad. There. <laughs> <laughs> Corkmas for the Bulls. Yeah, there you go. All right, that's the Central Division. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll hit the other two divisions in the Eastern Conference to share our biggest surprises. Don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. All right, back in the Classic Factory. We're gonna walk down to Atlantic Avenue. Atlantic Division. Boston Celtics. The biggest surprise about every team in the Atlantic Division. We start with the Celtics. Here's the biggest surprise about Boston. They have the most potent and efficient offense in NBA history. The Celtics have a 121.5 points scored per 100 possessions. And that is 4.2 more than the highest mark in league history, which is the Brooklyn Nets of 2020-21, who only played 72 games that season. But 121.5 offensive rating. It's just nuts what they're doing right now after 22 games. And we're always talking about the 50-40-90 club when we're talking about players Mm. and, like, mad efficiency. Mm. You know, 50% from the field, 40% from three, 90% at the line. Your Larry Birds, your Steve Nashes, your... Dirks, your Currys, your KDs, your Mark Prices, your Reggie Millers, the best of the best, right? We need to explore the team version of this 50, 40, 90 club. I, I want to propose like a 50, 40, 85. Because 90% at the line is a team, and eh, we ain't getting there. 85%? It's doable because the Celtics are doing it. I crunched the numbers this morning, okay? And the only team to hit those shooting splits. 50 from the field. I'm rounding up a little bit. They're 49.8. But 50 from the field, 40 from three as a team, and 85 as a team at the line, it's the Boston Celtics. So they are just doing it at all three facets of the offensive game. And if you want to tweak that criteria and drop the team's field goal percentage, let's say, to 48%, and then the team's free throw percentage to 80, you still only add one team to the mix, which was the 2020... 21 Clippers, also in that 72-game shortened season. They won 47 games out of 72, but they're the only other 48, 40, and 80 team squad when it comes to shooting the ball. They shot 41.1% from three, that Clippers team did. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Everyone was lights out. You had the Nard Dog, Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson, Paul George, Kawhi was just under 40%, Batum was lights out. So the, so the Celtics, man, they're like Right now, the best team we've ever seen offensively. And, like, just for shits and gigs, I dropped the uh, three-point percentage down a little bit. This man's getting the most out of you this. Got yeah, yeah, yeah. you Yeah, but this is fun. This is like a – it puts into perspective how great the Celtics' offensive team is right now. Because if you drop it to 39% from three – so I am talking about shooting splits as a team. 48 from the field, 39 from three, 80 from the line. This is all you have, Okay. The 0607 Steve Nash Phoenix Suns, the seven seconds or less Suns, that makes sense, considered by many to be one of the best offensive teams ever. The 1718 Curry and Kevin Durant Golden State Warriors that went on to win the title, love that. And then that 2020 21 Brooklyn Nets team, which had Harden, Kyrie, and KD. I mean, they didn't play a ton of games together, but they had some elite uh, offensive players. And then, of course, the 2021 Clippers and the Celtics of this year. That's it. That's the list. That's the list. Man, that's crazy. 
Didn't you have fun? <laughs> they're on fire. I did have fun. I thought I put it into that. perspective right there, man. Yeah. That, that's that's wild what they're doing. Uh, 50, 40, 85 as a team. That's that's crazy as a player, let alone a team. It is. You know what would also be crazy <laughs> is if we tried to edit every number you've said during the show into a short. I think we could, we could Just cut Just me it. saying numbers? numbers. <laughs> now, right. if we steal years, if we... Make years number, you know, oh, throw years, eighteen, numbers. nineteen. If we if we can include those as numbers, I think we could put together a hell of a medley. I think you could be, <laughs> I think you could be strolling down Atlantic <laughs> Avenue yeah. and be listening to that. Eighteen, forty from three, fifty-seven. And really are you lo- proposing a new YouTube uh, short category NBA skeets watch? <laughs> sure, <laughs> love it. NBA uh, stats watch meets NBA <laughs> skeets watch. watch. Um, I think I just blew your mind and the listener's mind and the viewer's mind there, putting into perspective how great this Boston Celtics offense is. And that's your YouTube short. Loop it. Play it again. (laughs) 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 Loop it. I'll tell you what. I don't believe it, man. I don't believe it. I don't think the Celtics are the best offense of all time. Wow. Pointflation. (laughs) It's a real thing. Sure. Yeah, I thought it was the Mavs, wasn't it? Yeah, you would think so. The 1920 season. We're old enough to remember the Mavs. They've got the best offense of all time. That team is now 11th, passed by teams from last season, this season, and the season after. The best offensive team of all time is the 1986-87 Lakers. Because they are the only team in the top 20 for offensive rating that's not from the 2016-17 <laughs> season right. onwards. Yeah, fast break flickers. But they can make threes these days. They're allowed to shoot them a lot. That's and right. the Celtics have great shooters all through their rotation. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, let's It'll go down, though. It'll go down when Rob Williams comes back, You don't think it'll stay at 121? Oh, my God. That no, I'm talking percentages and stuff. Oh, will yeah, come yeah, down yeah. when Robert Williams comes back. Because right now they're just playing good shooters. Yeah. Even the, it's surprising the Nuggets are right there as well. They're... In terms of percentages, they're the 50-40, and then the three-point percentage drops off for their team. But mm. I don't know why. I don't know why. Who's missing so many threes? Or so many it's free not easy to hit 40% of three-pointers. No, 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 no. I'm surprised that they're a, a, only a 75% free-throw shooting team if we want to talk numbers. No, that's why it, it'd be mm. difficult to stay if, you're, if we're talking 50-40-90 for teams. And, you know, all, all those names that you mentioned. 50-40-90 so will never happen as a team. No, that's why it's surprising. The free-throw line will be the thing. Yeah, sure. that's true. And even the, the three-point percentage, that's got to come down for Boston and Denver, who are over 40 right now, I, I assume. Does it? Does it? <sighs> it ain't like Robert Williams is going to be shooting 10 threes a game. No, they can shoot 40% from three, I do think. Yeah. It's what tough. a team. That's tough. Best uh, free throw percentage ever. Wait, it's the Celtics. Right now? Yes, currently right now, 85%. Wow. Hmm. Amazing. Next See, best, that Miami. Sound, isn't that weird? It almost sounds low. Like you're like these are NBA players. You're just like you feel like they can hit every. Just layup didn't figure out how to shoot time. until recently, I guess. Because <sighs> number two on the list, it's this season's Miami Heat. Number three on the list, that great Clippers team. Number four on the list, the Phoenix Suns from 2021. Hmm. For free throw, not a shoot now. Free yeah, this is straight free throw factoids here. Good, Man, good that's stuff. That's real sick of that's stuff. That's hot. That's hot. All right, let's go to the uh, Philadelphia 76ers task. What's the biggest surprise? Biggest surprise. Steve Novak never got 50, 40, 90. Just looking at all the Steves. <laughs> Kerr. 50, yeah. 40. Steve's. 50, Kerr did it, right? I don't know. Is he on that uh, list? No, maybe not. I don't think so. What's wrong with I that thought I, I, I named, I named a have lot attempts. of the guys. I may have missed a couple. Kyrie did it. Kyrie did it twice, I think. Kyrie, yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, moving on. The 76ers. What's the surprise with them? It's an interesting team. Maybe that Doc Rivers getting compliments. Maybe. Uh, maybe that Joel Embiid 
was disinterested to start the season, and then boom, he's an MVP candidate just like that. Oh, this guy, he's out of shape. Oh, he's an MVP candidate. Uh, or uh, maybe that it, they've done well without their starting backcourt. Both of them. James Harden and Tyrese Maxey yeah. out, and they've maintained it. Uh, it's not surprising that Tobias Harris has filled in as a number one player because he's kind of been that for other teams for a stretch. He can do that. But uh, it's just a very strange team that they're sitting here 12-10, and 10, tied for fifth. I think, zoom out big picture, it's a surprise that this team hasn't really come together. Even if they're 12-10 and 10 and they're fifth in the Eastern Conference, they're, they kind of do it in – in different parts. You know, Embiid carries the team. He's got that crazy high usage rate, like 40% can carry the team, but it's not a cohesive team. It doesn't look like a championship team to this point. And I thought coming into the season with all the weapons, mm-hmm. uh, with a, a Maxi Harden backcourt, with Harris as their fourth guy, with a P.J. Tucker, the perfect glue as their fifth guy, and Embiid, uh, he, they they just weren't great. Maybe you can blame it on plantar fasciitis. Embiid didn't come into the season and Number one, all that in shape. Number two, looked a little disinterested on the defensive end, even though Maxi has been great, uh, even though they do have a guy who can win MVP in Joel Embiid. This team has not been cohesive, and we expected uh, them to be a number one seed potentially in mm-hmm. the Eastern Conference. Yeah. So this is, this is disappointing, but it is odd that they have a guy who could carry your team to a victory. They have Maxi having a career year, uh, and... Yeah, and Doc Rivers like, hey, you're a good coach again, sort of. Uh, so there's there's a lot of weird things that you know you kind of puzzle pieces. Yeah, they're good, um, but not a not a cohesive bunch. Not being able to do it for 48 minutes for long stretches. So it doesn't seem like this team is anywhere in, within spitting distance of the Bucks. Yeah, or the Celtics. I would agree with that. I thought you were going to go with biggest surprise uh, off of last night's game. PJ Tucker scoring. Yeah, <laughs> hit two threes last Six night. Six points, baby. Yeah. This is like double his score average. Uh, <laughs> 26 points in the month of November for P.J. Wow. Tucker. Wow. Stay tuned for a YouTube short. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. <laughs> coming Damn. fast and furious here. He I love really, it. He really screwed it, eh? Those late points. Yeah. Yeah. Would have been nice. On to the last day of the month. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Toronto Raptors. Trey Kirby's got it. Look at that. Look at you and I flip-flopping yeah, there. we changed it up. It was good. What do you got for the Raps? I was honestly surprised to see that only OG Ananobi is in the top 20 in minutes played so far this season. Only OG and Fred are in the top 20 per game. I was surprised by that. Also surprising, Raptors have three guys who are juniors. Gary Trent, Otto Porter, and Ron Harper. I think it's the second most in the league behind the Rockets. That's right. Yeah. Kevin Porter, Jabari Smith, Kenyon Martin, Ty Ty Washington. Oh, always Ty Ty Jr. Yeah, yeah. That means there's a Tai Tai senior. <laughs> That's pretty cool. As for basketball surprises, I think we should start spelling Pascal Siakam with an extra S. P-A-S-S-C-A-L. Because this guy's been passing. Seven assists per game this season. He averages 3.2 assists per game for his career. He's been trending upwards since Kyle Lowry left and has taken over a lot more creation responsibilities. But he's up to 13th in the league right now, assist-wise. Has missed a little bit of time, but he's back, baby. Raptors got six guys averaging double digits. A lot of it is because Siakam is able to find shooters and get in the lane and make the right decision. So his game has grown by leaps and bounds, and I think it's pretty cool to see him being a passer now. Yeah, he's been he's been solid. He's been incredible. Um, I'm glad we're not talking about last night's game where Zion... <laughs> Yeah, just he's pretty good. Bodied them, and uh, I mean, I guess for the Raptors, Gary Trent Jr. has was good off the bench uh, once again. Maybe he's found his role there, but they got embarrassed by the Pelicans last night. That wasn't even close. They made like a fake run 
fake run to make it like 10 and you were like ooh it's 5 minutes left maybe they'll make this huge comeback no, 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 no. they shut that down really really good game from Daniels and yeah, Troy, Daniels, Troy, nice Mur- uh, Troy, Troy, uh, Troy Murphy the third was huge. <laughs> Troy Murphy, shout out to that big old white guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait till we see a Troy Murphy Jr. in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but okay, any uh, thoughts on the Raps there? Surprise? How do you? How have you felt about the Raptors? Uh, yeah, 20, you know, been, um, a quarter of the way in the season. If Pascal was there, they would be far better. If they, if he was far, if he was healthier, they'd be way better than this eleven yeah. ten. So it's a roll. It's been a roller coaster. There's yeah. been a two monstrous duds like yesterday's game yeah which uh have led them to a near 500 record i expect them to be a 50 win team so all in all should be disappointed but uh, the way they play when everybody's healthy this team is going to be very very tough to deal with yeah the scotty barnes slump is not great for raps fans right now too sure the uh, if you want to call it the sophomore slump he's just been disappointing compared to obviously his rookie year uh i started again last night um, Wancho was uh, back out of the Yeah, start. that's how it should be done. Well, yeah. Scotty's not going to be coming off the bench. People excited. No, you're right, but 1-7. Yeah. Bad, bad game from uh, Scotty. And, and, and look, lots of season left for lots him. Lots of to, expectations. To yeah. I, I heard social media is a big thing, and I think he may have heard a lot of the chatter in the summer that he's taking the next step. He's going to be a superstar. Can't trade him for Kevin Durant. He'll learn. He'll mm-hmm. learn. He'll be all right. All right. Next team in the Atlantic Division. It's the Brooklyn Nets. Has. Oh, baby, don't worry. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk about crap with the Brooklyn Nets. I'm gonna talk about Kevin Durant. I'm gonna talk about okay. one of the best players in the game. And I think the most surprising thing with the way he is playing, he could be an MVP candidate. Uh, he <laughs> yeah. is. Uh, he's got the highest field goal percentage of his career. What? Uh, Kevin Durant no, scoring right, right still now. thirty a game. Yeah, highest two point percentage of his career. It's ridiculous. You wanna. Uh, John Schumann Timbit tidbit. Uh, his his <laughs> mid mid range field goal percentage is stupid. Anything inside the arc, this guy is he's perfected his craft. He's at home on a Monday night watching every game. This guy is he just, really is he is he does it's what he does. He's got his highest free throw percentage. He's even learned to shoot better on his free throw percentage. <laughs> Kevin Durant. He's just turned 34. He leads the league in total minutes played. Wow. Which is, that's shocking. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, I didn't know that. Yes. It's like him and Lowry are the top two now. Yeah. Right now, isn't it? Yeah. That's weird. Oldies. Oldies. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I guess, you know, it's it's hindsight now, but if you go back August, September, we just talked about Scotty Barnes. We talked about the Phoenix Suns. We talked about Jalen Brown potentially being traded for Kevin Durant. All those teams. That one team didn't just say we're going for the title we're going for one run with yes right, right. yes he's 34 but at the same time if the suns have him on their roster they're easily the best team in the western conference if the <laughs> they bu- already are yeah yeah but, but with I, a I bullet with a bullet if the raptors decide to trade og right. and obi yeah. for kevin durant like they did for Kawhi Leonard for one season. Obviously, they thought they would get more, and obviously they traded an old guy in DeMar, older, in DeMar DeRozan, as opposed to somebody like OG Ananobi, a team that likes to go for the championship. Hindsight, it, it looks strange when you're, you're looking at Kevin Durant and what he's doing. It's a different outlook for the Raps than it was in the 2018 summer. I get it. Uh, you've got Pascal and, and OG and Barnes, and you want to know what they can become. But in hindsight, Kevin Durant wasn't traded for, which is weird, I, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it is nuts when you think that he's averaging 30, 6.5, 5.5, and he is 8th or ninth 
on, on the, the MVP tracker. I, I would guess. I mean, like... Ooh, Tatum took the top spot. Interesting, interesting. Like... He's eighth right now. That's Durant how bad the is. league is right now. Where this guy yeah. is, like, one of the greatest scorers of all time with a bang. And uh, and is doing it maybe more efficient than he ever has at this age. Yes. And I know his team's 12 and 11. Okay, there's that. But, you know, similar to sort of, like, a, a Luka situation. And it's like, he's... Like I said, he's he's not even at the table. My God, he's, he's, he's like leaning on the bar, going, "How do I get over to the table?" Spot. <laughs> There's Jerome in the turtleneck. We forgot to take a new photo when Jerome was here. It's because I was so sick. Yeah, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't be seen in public. <laughs> so, let, let alone take a photo with snot dripping down my nose and stuff like that. Well, we'll take, we'll retake snotty that photo. Snotty dripping. Yeah, snotty dripping. <laughs> so anyway, a little love for KD there. Oh my goodness, will he be traded? They're just gonna they're just gonna roll with this in Brooklyn, roll with uh, probably mediocrity. Wow! And then you see what happens. Upswing, yeah. Oh, they are on the absolute upswing. But what is their ceiling? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll see. TBD. Uh, final team here in the Atlantic Division: New York Knicks. They lost last night, but what do you got? They lost last night. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Knicks are tenth in offense right now. They got a top ten offense, despite being middle of the pack in three point rate. They don't take a ton of threes. They don't make them hardly at all. Thirtieth in percentage. Adds up to being 26th in effective field goal percentage, middle of the pack in free throws. So it doesn't really make sense how they actually have a top 10 offense, except for here's the key. They do shoot a lot of threes, so the volume kind of mitigates the bad percentages. They take a lot of free throw attempts. Easy points right there. And then they never turn the ball over, and they crush the offensive glass. Top five in fewest turnovers and top five in most offensive rebounds. It's the definition of just show up. Just be there. If you have the ball a lot and you rebound it when you miss, it kind of doesn't matter as much that you miss all the time if you're getting it back. So I think it's been a strange start, kind of under the radar. You know, nobody's really talking about the Knicks hardly at all right now. Julius Randle, medium bounce back season, I would say. He's not at all NBA levels, but he's not where he was last year. The big concern, I would say, for the Knicks right now is that R.J. Barrett needs to improve on his game. He's shooting 40% from the field right now, largely because he's at 28% from the three-point line. He's finishing a little bit better inside. Unfortunately, he's taking some more threes and not making them. He's cut out the mid-rangers, which is probably the weakest part of his game, but he's got to be a better shooter from the outside or an elite finisher. Like, if he wants to model his game after Jimmy Butler, that's a guy that doesn't take a whole bunch of threes, doesn't make a lot of them, but is a great driver, gets to the free throw line all the time, and can finish inside. I think that's a good path for R.J. Barrett, but he's got to be better at finishing inside. Yeah, any thoughts on the Knicks? Well, yeah, that's what R.J. Barrett was supposed to be. He had an incredible January, February, March, and April at driving last year, getting to the rim. He was so good. Uh, the percentages are stupid. He, the, he looked like... Uh, a Jimmy Butler light to some degree, and then this year it's gone the other way. It's really strange. So he is a bit of a pendulum. If he plays great, then this team is above 500 because Jalen Brunson has been really, really, really good for this team. He's they, He has been the rock that they've needed. Yeah. He's been yeah. ridiculously solid. Um, but they sit at 10 and 12. Uh, They're just like the classic, like, they lose to – to good teams or great teams, and they beat the bad teams generally, right? Like their wins are against the Pistons and Magic and Hornets, and they got one against the Jazz there. I guess they beat the Pistons twice. So it's like they're just like stuck in the middle. <laughs> and I wonder, will they panic trade? And not even panic trade. Will they make a move to like try and get a, a star, borderline star? Like a Donovan Mitchell type? <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Uh, who's Is there a disgruntled <laughs> star out there? That doesn't really feel like it right now. 
Does Beale, anyone come to I, mind? I suppose Beal is always going to be a name that's in the mix, <laughs> yeah. right? Carl Anthony Towns, I think, could be, oh, uh, yeah, uh, could possibly float into the trade discussions. And I've heard some Zach Levine chatter. Uh, oh, oh. In these Cat days. and Levine, those are good calls. Those are really good calls, especially Cat. Hmm. I don't even mind that from the Wolves side of things. Look at me. I'm already talking myself into the Wolves making a trade, <laughs> moving off a of cat. Uh, you know, maybe maybe it's Barrett coming back to the to the Wolves in that. Anyway, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's think about that one. Let's put that one aside. Put that one aside. The Knicks, okay. They're fine. Yeah. They're fine, <laughs> they're fine but they're not good. Yeah. They're fine. All right, we got to keep moving here. Southeast Division, the Atlanta Hawks. What do you got? Well, I was fooled. I was fooled. DeJounte Murray came over in the offseason. They flew to Abu Dhabi. Had some preseason games against the Milwaukee Bucks. They looked like the better team on that floor in Abu Dhabi with that oversized print in the preseason. They were playing hard. They were consistently playing hard in the preseason. I was fooled. I thought this is a new team because this team has been consistently inconsistent the last couple seasons. I thought DeJounte Murray would be the key to changing the effort level and changing the the desire level and just changing – the offense to some degree, I know the offense has always been good, but really just, just to be sort of that steady hand. And they've been up and down again. And I think they're going to make a change uh, based on their personnel. And that's, that right. is because DeJounte Murray needs to get in the lane. Trey Young needs to get in the lane. He hasn't had his best season. He's been off uh, shooting the ball. And I think John Collins is finally going to move. And yeah. even though he is ridiculously talented. I think they're going to trade him for somebody who you would consider less talented, but more of a hard-nosed, three-point shooting, just stay the heck out of the way type of guy so Trey and DeJounte can do their thing. And and that guy, like a Jay Crowder, for instance, uh, could be the guy who just yells at people, uh, Is has come from a winning situation, sets screens, gets the heck out of the way, and just fires away and plays really hard defense. So just to change up the dynamics there because – they had a fine win yesterday. They're twelve and ten. Yeah, but there, there, there needs to be a higher ceiling. It's like you know the Bulls went and made it all their trades. They again went to the playoffs once, and now they're sort of underwater. The Hawks don't want to be that. They don't want to be the team that traded for Dejounte Murray with all their picks. And yeah. I think they're going to just go further into it and trade a more talented John Collins for somebody that's not going to be as talented. But it could maybe fit fit, team, yeah. fit that personality and bring back those Abu Dhabi vibes when things were <laughs> things were great in the preseason. Did they win those games. In I Abu think Dhabi? so. <laughs> they won at least one. That's for sure. I think they may have won both. Okay. Yanis was sitting, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just what this is the team that was la- like last year. Their offense has dropped off. Their defense has gotten better. But again, they're they're too inconsistent. The the effort level. They don't scrap and play hard. And I think that's where. Trading a guy like John Collins for a three-point shooter and more of a rough-and-tumble Tucker Crowder-type dude is what's going to happen. Or, you know, it could even be a Utah uh, a trade with Utah that John Collins could be happy there. Him and Larry Markin and so much space, so much for, uh, Rome. They, that could happen. Mm. That could happen. I could see that happening. Yeah, look, 22 games into the season, if you had said uh, Hawks have a top-10 defense, you'd be like – Oh God, man! They must be sitting atop the Eastern Conference because they got Trey Young still on the team. Yeah, they got a great elite offense. They don't. 
They have a 10th ranked defense and a 17th ranked offense. I think you said that the other day, Trey. And that is perplexing, and they are so inconsistent. Game to game, I'd say even half to half with this team. Definitely. You don't know which team. You go down and watch a Hawks game, it's like, they look unbeatable at times, and then they look like they're, they've they checked out. Uh, and they don't have a ton of uh, fight to them at times when the, uh, the other team goes on a run. So it's a weird, weird season. Yeah, you almost have to shake. I think they just have to shake it up. And it probably has to be Collins. Like, how could it not be after being in trade rumors for <laughs> yeah. three yeah. or four years? And, and, he, and he's a piece that can at least get a, a player or two that you can, in theory, add to your rotation. So I, I'm with you on that. I think that's happening here in the next month. That's an emergency podcast waiting oh, to happen. John Collins, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's, Somebody that's pointed fair. out we did a Cam Reddish uh, emergency podcast uh, last year. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if that's the case, we're definitely doing John Collins. Any uh, Hawks thoughts here? I think... Their offense will turn around when Trey really gets going this season. He's 30% from three, and he's finishing in the lane his worst percentages of his entire career. Probably some of that is having to figure out, you know, the new geometry of the court. Some of it is that the Hawks don't have very good shooting right now with uh, Bogdanovich out of the lineup, and, you know, Collins' role has been minimized, so... He's not getting as many shots. Clint Capella's standing there in the lane. DeJounte Murray's hitting at a, you know, a league average rate, but he's not a scary outside shooter. So there's probably just more guys hanging out in the lane right now, which makes it tough for Trey. Um, but I assume he'll just have a super hot streak at some point where yeah. he's averaging 30 a game. It'll be like Clay Thompson. Like, exactly. Yeah, it, it really will be. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. He'll have a couple player of the weeks in him yep. <laughs> here when yep. he just goes yep. on a run. But not, not inspiring right now, for sure. Uh, neither is this team, the Miami Heat. Try. Let's take it's actually kind of nice that they uh, go back to back here because this team is something I'm more, I will be surprised if they don't make a trade because I don't think this Heat team is good enough as is right now. It just feels like they took a tiny step back this season, whereas the rest of the Eastern Conference took a tiny step forward. Jimmy Butler has been balling, but he's already missed nine games. I think Bam Adebayo has made a mini leap as the go-to guy with Butler missing games. But Tyler Hero's shot is not there yet. Kyle Lowry has been super inconsistent this season. And then Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, and Cody Martin, they've had fine seasons, like fair enough seasons, but they're not changing so much for this team. They look all right when Jimmy plays because he can really drag them to wins. But they just got to do a little bit something they, they never replaced PJ Tucker right like Cody Martin shooting 40% from three he's probably not gonna hold to that the entire time it just feels like a team waiting to make a trade waiting to get as healthy as possible and figure something out going forward schedule lightens up for the heat through December they might look okay by the end of the month but I'm still expecting a lot of activity at the deadline and I think Beal will be a target again because he's always been a target for them. I think John Collins should be a target for the Heat. Like, he would really, really help their team. And then Jay Crowder just seems like he's going to be a Miami Heat at some point unless <laughs> he wants to go to the Bucks. So, I think they have ways of getting better, but underwhelming start for the Heat, I think. Yeah. Who will strike first when it comes to trading? The Heat, the Hawks, the Mavs, or maybe the Wolves? Or maybe the Knicks, too, if you want to throw in there. Like, those sure. teams that are like 500 teams that definitely want to be much better because of their their market or trajectory or trades they've previously made, who will who will make the move first? That's why I can't wait to find out. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, we got a couple more teams. We got to move with some pace here. The Washington Wizards. Biggest surprise about the Zards is they're that the uh, they're the, one of only three teams in the league with three twenty point per game scores. And this is trivia time. Okay. Truthfully, okay. truthfully, <laughs> I think the Wizards are the only squad with three twenty point per game scores just because of games played. 
because these other two teams have three 20-point-per-game scorers, but one guy from each one missed you know, significant time, half the games. Can you name the other teams? Clippers? No. Oh, I thought, I thought it might be. No. Philadelphia 76ers? Yes, there you go. So you got Embiid, yep. Maxie, and Harden, but mm. the Beards only played nine games. Okay. Sure, sure. Uh, and then the other one, Western Conference. Nuggets? No. Uh, no. I think they're in the same They probably got two. Uh, same two division, 20s. though, as those Nuggies. You the know, I love Portland Trailblazers? Yes. <laughs> Simons, Grant, and Lillard, but nice. Dames only played in 11 games. So, the Wizards, they're big three. You know, with Bradley Beal, 23.6 points per game. Kuzma, 20.6. And then Porzingis at 21.6. He is arguably having the best season of his career. Uh, a big part of that is he's playing. <laughs> Knock on wood, he's still healthy. But he's like a top 25 player in terms of like win shares and player efficiency rating and stuff like that. He's been really, really good. I think has like a sneaky borderline all-star case to be made. But yeah, you got Beal playing 75% of the games. Yeah, three guys that fill it up. And then there's a drop-off pretty drastically. But I was wondering, I was like, is this Zard's team with these three scores? Like, are they reminiscent of like the 2000 Wizards? They're even wearing the throwbacks right now on some nights. Because those teams nearly had three 20-point-per-game scores. It was Gilbert Arenas, Antoine Jameson, and Larry Hughes, oh. the one season, and then that got flipped into Karan Butler. I thought it would be yeah, Butler for as sure. as the third guy. I don't Larry think they, they Hughes, never really wow. got there, but they were like 19 points, and like you can round up and you get there. But I think this Wizards team might be like those Wizards team. 40 to 45 <laughs> wins, a playoff appearance, probably a first-round loss. Bob's your uncle. Hmm. Uh, I, I see some similarities there. Yeah. Uh, I think those teams get disrespected in those. Well, they those they were going 2000s. up against uh, LeBron a lot of the time. Yeah. It was it was Raptors like in that sense. Yeah, but, yeah. I, if they can achieve that, I think that'd be a great achievement. That team won a playoff series. That team is uh, yeah, it's it's forgotten, um, but they dressed cool, and that's why they're throwing back their jerseys <laughs> yeah. to that team. I do love the look. Uh, but if this team can get to forty wins, what? It, that's a heck of an achievement. Now they're yeah sitting at five hundred right now. Yeah. That that would be a great season for them. So. We hit the over. Yeah. What was it like? Thirty-four. Yeah, it was like thirty-three, thirty-four, something like that. Uh, Charlotte Hornets. Two more teams left. Trey, what do you got? I'm surprised the Hornets don't have the currently worst record in the league right now. <laughs> it's a little bit of a shock. Lamelo's played 98 minutes. Gordon Hayward, he's hurt right now. He's already missed 10 games. Terry Rozier <laughs> has missed eight games. They rolled out probably the worst starting lineup we've seen in the league so far this season. Uh, a couple of games ago. Tao Maladon, Jalen McDaniels, Mason Plumley, Kelly Oubre Jr., and PJ Washington. Woo! Woof. <laughs> but they got six wins. They beat the Hawks, Warriors, 76ers, and Timberwolves. The worst teams in the league? Only five wins. Mm. Another good surprise, though. I was watching uh, the Hornets play the Wizards not too long ago, and Kai Jones got a fast break. And there was a guy only like two steps behind him. He still threw down a reverse dunk on the fast that. break. That was pretty cool and surprising. <laughs> yeah. Not much to say about the Hornets, no, man. We no, saw their peak. No. We saw them take down the Hawks. Huge Nick Richards games. That was we we did. there. That was maybe their peak. <laughs> that was big time. Yeah. I think they were 2-1 and one at that point. That's a team that could – we've talked about before, so we don't need to go over it again, but could move some of these guys if anybody can convince it's themselves that they could contribute to your team. time. They got it. Yeah, they got to do it. Uh, a Terry, Terry Rozier, Kelly Oubre – and even getting off one of those the bigs just so the young guys can play. Not that you're getting a lot back for Mason Plumlee, but play Nick Richards. Play Mark Williams. What are we waiting for here? Doesn't seem to be much upside. It's it's tough because if Lamelo's in the lineup, you can win every game. But, uh, yeah, the other teams are far more healthy that are, you know, 1 through 10. 
It is surprising that they're only uh, 13th. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. They're one game up on yeah. these uh, yes. bottom dwellers. Yeah, so but yes. it feels worse, it a I week. guess. Yeah, it does because worse. they have a guy who was an all-star last year, and obviously he hasn't played. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. 30th uh, in offense right now. They are. That's a tough watch. Well, good thing they brought Steve Clifford back. Steve. <laughs> uh, all right, the Orlando Magic. Biggest surprise about them is Bull Bull, baby. It's Bull Bull, baby. That's been fun. Over his last 17 games, so when he went into the starting lineup, he's averaging 14-8. and eight. Okay, it's not going to blow you away, but decent, decent shooting percentages. 59% from the floor for the 7-2 Bull Bull, and 41% from deep, chipping in, you know, close to two blocks per game. I think 1.7 over that stretch of 17 games. He looks like a jumbo-sized point guard, though, <laughs> out there. Like, he brings the ball up. Like, yeah, he, yeah. he, like, pushes the tempo. He can attack a defender off the dribble. And Durant just gave him high praise. And KD's a sicko like us. He watches all these games. He just played recently against the Magic. And this is what Durant said. He's unique. He's tough to deal with. You've seen his confidence growing by the game. He can do pretty much everything on the basketball court. That's a Tass Mellis line when I read that. I was like, ah, I love that line from Tassie. KD, you must listen to No Ducks. Uh, Last few years, Bull's been in and out of the lineup. Hurt, G League stints. But I love what the Magic are doing with him. They're putting him at the point sometimes. They're playing him at the five. They're moving him around because he's such a versatile player. Again, that was KD giving some love to Bull Bull. And he is one of the, the, the rare bright spots outside of Bancaro, the start of the season, when he was dunking on guys in game one, putting down maybe like dunk of the year uh, nominees. But then he missed seven or eight games, and they've just been decimated by injuries. What's going on with the Orlando Magic like training staff? Is this team always injured, or is it just me? Like It <laughs> always point. feels like there's five guys out of their lineup, like for the last three seasons. But this year... Bancaro, okay, misses a stretch. Cole Anthony and Gary Harris, they barely played. Suggs, Wendell Carter Jr., Mo Bamba, OKK, they were all out of the lineup last night. Jonathan Isaac, they tell me he's still an NBA player, but uh, I don't believe it. And then Marco Fultz, he just came back last back, night. Baby. So just a lot, a lot of injuries. And I feel like that's the case every year with them. So Bull Bull, at least, is a bright spot. Bulls balling. Yeah. They, they're like, oh, just let them cook. Yeah, I know. They're like, whatever, just bring the ball up and do some cool stuff because you're actually able to stay on the court now. Like, he's not fouling all the time. Yeah. I think that's pretty impressive. I thought it was funny that Paolo Boncaro compared him to Victor Wembanyama. <laughs> High praise. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the Magic. They're they're not very good, but at least they're entertaining to watch. Okay, so the Magic get Wemby paired with Bull Bull. <laughs> Keep Bamba. Bancaro. Damn. They just got a short point guard. That's it. Yeah. Jalen Suggs. <laughs> yeah, I've seen so. him hit some big shots. Yeah, yeah. I also saw the Orlando Magic hopped on the big hat trend right away. Oh. Yeah, they had a, they they had a nice one. Instagram carousel of them wearing just a gigantic Orlando Magic hat. Like a noggin boss. Oh, we're talking noggin <laughs> boss. Baby. Authentic? I don't know if it's authentic noggin boss, but it looked like it. It looked yeah. like it. Yep. I didn't uh, see that. Uh, yeah, Markel Fultz was the star of that roulette, I think. Uh, he was leading the way. That was the first time I've seen Markel Fultz in a while. Yeah, first game he played yeah. yesterday. I will give Franz Wagner some love. He's, yeah, average, he's, he's, he's 19 and a half points on 50% shooting. That's difficult for mm-hmm. you know a guard wing. Uh, he hasn't shot below 40% since October in a game. He is he is ridiculously consistent. He's doing exactly yeah. what they ask. If one of their guards came through, if a Cole or a Suggs took the Fultz. next step, <laughs> yeah, or Fultz yeah. took the next step, they could be a, uh, a very good team. But, yeah, Boncaro and Bull Bull are making us forget about the other holes in their lineup. But Boncaro is the real deal, probably rookie of the year. Eight and a half free throws per game. That's superstar stuff right there. Killer bees. Bulls. 
Bowls. Bowls. I just said bowls. <laughs> Pluralize the bowls. Boncaro. What's the other one? No, just bowls and Boncaro. Bomba, if you want. <laughs> if you want. If you want. Killer bees. You only need two. That was the tag team. You must have had those wrestlers. I didn't. Really? I don't know why. Oh, wow. Hold on. Are they yeah, the, 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 the British I'm, I'm Bulldogs? A, no, no, no. Oh. Those are the bees. Those are the bees. Uh, <laughs> killer bees. They were That's you know, dressed in yellow. I think their names were uh, Jim and... They faded, those guys. Oh, Jim and I don't know. They, they, they must have faded. They, they, a bright, bright moment there. Yeah. <laughs> they shone bright yeah. that I don't even freaking remember who they are. Killer bees. Tag <laughs> team. Bees? I'm a Let British bulldog. They got, they got a stripey look. No yeah, surprise. it was black and, black and yellow. Jim Brunzel and B. Brian Blair. They were funny. You 85 to 88. B. That's a little Brian. early. No, but they they did. You have all those old wrestler uh, I have things. them. I have them. What do them. you call those? Um, they're called something. <laughs> Re- like action that hard, wrestling that figures. hard plastic uh, action figures. But I remember wrestling. I had them, and they were one of them. I don't know if it was Jim or the other one. He was in the dumbest pose. He was like, like this. Like, yeah. It's like, how, you, how am I wrestling with this guy giving a Lee Ellis thumbs up the entire time? Uh, anyway, I up. forgot those guys. Yeah, I was a British Bulldogs guy. They oh, had some yeah. They had some dumb bo- poses, too. Did they? Were they? Oh, one of them was. Wasn't yeah, one of them. Davy Boy Smith. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Davy Boy was that. Yeah. Uh, they had other ones. I, I think uh, Will and Kate went and watched them wrestle, actually, in Britain. Were they even British? <laughs> the Bulldogs? Oh, yeah. I don't know about yeah. I think Davy Boy. I'm not sure Davy Boy was. Maybe he wasn't. But um, what's the other one the same? The other one. Dynamite Kid. Oh, da- Davy. There was multiple British. There was bulldogs? three dogs. Hold on, hold on. There was three dogs. M- Matilda. Um, <laughs> was the dog? Yeah. <laughs> Davy Boy Smith. He Dynamite he was Kid. British, it looks but like. it was Dynam- It was Davy Boy Smith, the Dynamite Kid. Isn't that the no, same? both. They're cousins. Oh, Davy Boy's the big guy. Yeah, oh. Dynamite Kid's a little guy. Why am I thinking his name was something? Oh, Dynamite else? Kid. Maybe there was only nice. two. <laughs> yeah, there was. Both died prematurely, wrestling. Both Final British. British. Oh, there British. you go. Both British. Respect checks. <laughs> good, good. We can Quiet. sleep at night. Uh, right. And it was an authentic noggin, boss. Good. Take our final break. <laughs> when we come back, my God, it's a long podcast. When we come back, pick up results sure. and uh, a fun tweet of the night. Don't go anywhere. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. All right, back with the boys here in the Classic Factory. Got a photo of the Killer Bees, uh, LJN, action figures I was talking about. There it is. I believe that is Jumpin' Jim Brunzel with a thumbs up (laughs) on the left. And then that's, uh, of course, B. Brian Blair (laughs) on the right. The Killer Bees. These look look like knockoffs. No, Taz. 
Yes, Taz. They yeah, I know. Again. I know my wrestling action figures. You don't. You yes, don't I do. You have two of the best. Stop calling them LJN. That's, that's just a company. No, that's just a, the oh, brand. That's how the they're known on eBay, man. You yeah. can sell yours for a pretty, never, uh, pretty dumb. Never. Anyways, that one kind of looks like Greg the Hammer Valentine. Greg the Hammer Valentine had a pose like that. Yeah, lefty, he did. The lefty hook. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but mine didn't have underwear. <laughs> oh, you because you like to take it Somebody off. Somebody scraped it off. Scraped not, it not off. Me. Did I like to take it off? It just happened. <laughs> you freak. Oh, natural. We took our time. We didn't just take our underwear off. The killer it just pe- happened the, over the years. The killer peens. Tassie's yeah, <laughs> that's what I told him. That's what I called him. I anyway. just checked to see if the Killer Bees ever won the Tag Team Championships. and appears they did not, but mm. they did win the Frank Tunney Senior Memorial Tag Team Tournament held in Maple Leaf <laughs> Gardens in 1987. They beat Demolition in the finals. Frank Tunney. like a Tunney. king of the ring? Yeah, the it, it looked like a, basically they beat a... Here's who they beat in the first round: uh, Kamala and Sika. I don't even remember who that was. They beat King Kong Bundy and Paul Orndorff. Upset. Orndorf, yeah. yeah, Orndorff. Thank you. And then uh, Demolition went through the Can Am Connection. You remember them? Rick Martell and Tom Zink. Tom Zink. <laughs> I remember Rick Martell. And the British Bulldogs were in this. Davy Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid. Wow. Axe and Smash were in that one. Not Crush. He came later. Anyway, uh, pick him results. <laughs> I'm going to start a wrestling podcast. <laughs> we just talk just old, old wrestler names. <laughs> That's a great Here's idea. Here's this week's list of 30 old wrestler names and something they did. Just, yeah. I'd listen to the hell out of that podcast. <laughs> uh, I would love to hear somebody say B. B- Brian Blair. <laughs> B. Brian Blair? B. Brian Blair. <laughs> um, pick him results. Last night, it was... The Minnesota Timberwolves game, uh, where the Grizzlies were favorites on the road, but uh, I told you to bet your house on mini covering, and they did, and that was a win for me and Tess, I believe. And you see the records there for the month of November. I'm the big winner. Woo! 11 and 8. Tass and Trey tied. The uh, identical 8 and 11 records. So there you have Congrats it. Congrats to us. Yeah. Um, let's get to tonight's game, Tass. Game. I know which one it is. There's only one game. <laughs> In the National Basketball weird, Association. Weird, man, weird. Weird. I'm going to go to Does Skeets Think There Are Enough NBA Games Tonight.com? And the answer will be no, because there's only one game and doesn't want to go up against the old Bills Pats. The NBA does oh, not. Oh, is that what's happening tonight? So yeah. Dallas visiting Detroit, the only NBA game. Seven and a half points. Wow. I'm taking the Pistons to cover. Dallas isn't going to mop the floor with the Pistons. Nah. Nah. They're not a blowout team. Says I that tonight. Is true. So, you guys, leading off December, picking the Mavs to win by eight in Detroit. Is there a Dwayne Casey revenge factor here? Wasn't he an assistant coach for the <laughs> Dallas Mavericks? A couple seasons. Oh, he was uh, on so. the bench with Carlisle when they won. That he? sounds correct, Tess. Or was he gone? I think you're right. I think he, was I think there. he won a title. I think there's a revenge factor here at play. Just like him yes, he was, he was the defensive coordinator on that team. <laughs> Sorry to bring it back to the NFL. Who's uh, <laughs> the Buffalo Bills defensive coordinator? Is it Wade Phillips? <laughs> I don't know. Nah, that bum Phillips is out of here. Uh, no, he's gone. I think it's B. Brian Blair. <laughs> the defensive. I, B. Also, Bill full circle here, apparently they took the Killer Bees nickname when they came into wrestling <laughs> yeah, from... Uh, like a, a, a 70s Dolphins team that had a bunch of B-named guys oh, yeah, that yeah, were yeah. a great defensive unit that called themselves the Killer Bees. Killer Bees. They were great. Was that the team that went 16-0? and 0? The Killer Binoculars? Ooh, Mercury know. Morris I don't know, in the man. backfield? What a name. Hopefully, what Mercury. 
Uh, what else we got? Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Yeah, let's do that. Let's make it quick. Tweet of the Night. Wow. That's one of the cutest tweets of the night, I would say we have. This one's big time. Very, very cute. Cute moment. Cute moment from the Nuggets and Rockets game. Last night, post-game, Nikola Jokic sees his countryman, Boban Marjanovic. They greet each other with a deep hug, three kisses on the cheek. DeAndre Jordan loves it. He's liking it. He's like, oh, this is cute. So he goes in for the hug. He goes for two kisses. But Boban pulls him back in and says, no. No, in Serbia, we do three kisses. That's great. Got a tweet from Ibrahim Eski who says, Tess Mellis, we need the analysis on the cheek kiss on Boban because he goes in for two. But Boban corrects him to do three kisses Serbian style. Is this is this true? Yeah, I'm not Serbian, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think Ibrahim Ibrahim just assumes you know. Uh, yeah, I am from that part the of the world. General kissing. Yeah. Absolutely, I have seen my my friend Alex Churchin and his family kiss each other three times as they greet each other. What a waste of time. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've, what, one or two, <laughs> two, 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 many? two max. I mean, I grew up. I grew up. Twosies. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure you were doing a lot of that too, JD, when you were in Greece. Oh, yeah. yeah, you get two is plenty, is it not? Do we need a third? Do we need a third kiss? Boban so DeAndre Jordan, it felt natural. It felt natural for DeAndre Jordan for two kisses. And that's what he did with Boban. And that's and I think I think that's all you got to do. I'm not sure why a third was added. Uh, just uh, was added like like there was ever <laughs> just do, two. Man. That's what they yeah. do. Not to insult an entire culture, but. Uh, Three seems like a lot. <laughs> it seems excessive. So to that's my that's my analysis. What do you think? Uh, you know, I did a quick Google search, but it turns out it's true. Yeah, Serbians generally kiss three times I on the cheek it. as a greeting. There are many different uh, rumors why it could be related to the Orthodox religion, mm-hmm. uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It could be the three kisses celebrate life, death, and honor mm. in that order. It could be the second kiss on the original cheek. Is so that the other one doesn't cry. Damn. All I know. <laughs> okay. Well, then you only need two. Or is that Serbians will never kiss twice? Adults will never kiss twice. Is what I saw on this one Serbian website. Jeez, oh, <laughs> oh, they're judging you, Tess. Uh, that's an turn. interesting one. The kisses of yeah. turn. My man Alexander Churchin would never kiss <laughs> twice. He would only. He would always do it three times. So what did you guys do? He would, you and, he would only, and he would only shoot three point shots too. He would never shoot two point uh, shots. <laughs> so. Have we played with him? I think so. I think so. He does shoot a lot of threes. Great shooter. Yeah, Yeah. he's solid. He's a very good shooter. All right, that is today's podcast. My goodness. Uh, You want some other podcasts? Got some more hours left in the day to listen to pods? (laughs) Well, go check out the new Is This Good podcast. Posted yesterday, special guest, uh, (laughs) Jackie Tone, was it? Uh, Jackie Tone, yeah. Thank you. Um, This is up, obviously, on YouTube. It's available wherever you download and listen to podcasts. Just search for Is This Good? Matty OJD and special guest, Jackie Tone. Going through some fun topics. I'm laughing at this photo of a a baby foot with an engagement ring on it. Because it's weirding me out. You look at it after a while. It almost looks like a Jim Brunzel thumb when you squint. Yeah, it's like, is it a hand? But is it a hand or a foot? It's, it's a, a foot. It's a baby foot. It's a foot. Wow. Here, we're going to take a cute photo. I don't photo. know. Matty O has thumbs that look like uh, toes. Mm. That could be a... This could be Matty O for all we know. Uh, don't, anyway. don't all Check. of our thumbs look like toes, though? No, some people's do more than others. Like Matt's do. They're more... They're, <laughs> they're more... Like, uh... They're more, um... Like, Toe-like. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, great way to put it. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, like mine, a chode. Like mine doesn't yeah. look like a yeah, like chode. That doesn't look yeah, like a chode. <laughs> kind of looks like a toe. I mean, but uh, not. It's his is more squat. You know, like let's see. Like yours. Let's see. No, go. Ahead. Don't look at. Don't. What do you mean? I'm trying to show the camera. Why are you looking? I don't at, know. That looks. See, mine looks, looks like exactly more, like a big see, toe. Mine looks a little too skinny for a toe. I think. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you have skinny toes. It probably looks like your toes. Uh, My toes are. I think Tass, yours looks more like a toe. Yeah. Yeah. No offense. Uh, I got no problem saying that. Let's see your. Let's see your thumb. Uh, you, you guys don't want to see. You'll be embarrassed. Why? Why? My thumbs are very long and skinny. They look exactly. Well, why like are your thumbs. feet so short? They look exactly <laughs> like thumbs. Kidding me? I don't. Look at these. Yeah, I want to see that angle. That does not look like a toe to me. No, it doesn't. Like we gotta get mats. Get, we gotta get a photo of mats. Those, those look as long as fingers. <laughs> Those are huge. <laughs> Those are... <laughs> All right. Thank you. Uh, and also later today, if you are a Survivor fan, a new No Buffs podcast live at 1 p.m. Eastern, which is right around the corner. Uh, we'll go live over on our YouTube feed, and then that will get flipped into a podcast soon after. One of the greatest episodes of mm. the past couple seasons, last night's Survivor episode. We are going to have a blast breaking this one down. Incredible challenge. Some hilarious moments uh, involving Owen at the start. Being Charlie Brown, and then the hiding in plain sight, um, Great stuff. Uh, um, I guess, uh, advantage it was in the end. Anyway, we got lots to talk about. That's at 1 p.m. Eastern. That's No Buffs. That's our Survivor Podcast. That's it for us today. We'll see you tomorrow for the Drop Podcast. I think we're going to uh, make some early all-star teams tomorrow, some debates about who should be in the mix. Got Five Star Friday. Got worst of the week, so tons coming up tomorrow. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, I got this from uh, Statitudes. Survivor Statitudes. Okay. <laughs> I didn't get it from Survivor. Oh, I got it from, I think it was from Rob Sesterino. You know that challenge. I'm mesmerized by Last that challenge. Last gasp? Last gasp, where you're in the water and yep. you're just, the tide comes in and you're. trying to breathe. Yeah. Yeah. A legendary Survivor challenge but 100%. it's only been f there four times apparently i was surprised as well oh, oh. Isn't that crazy it's been like 10 10 seasons or so since they lasted it right it's been a while yeah, it's been a while yeah, yeah. i thought they did it last season i don't nah. they did a crazy underwater one last season but impossible i don't remember that yeah did you enjoy the challenge oh i enjoyed i enjoyed oh, you're gonna enjoy no i'm gonna buffs. enjoy your show i'm gonna enjoy no buffs <laughs> i enjoyed jeff pacing back and forth. We're taking it back to the old school. It's going to be a good one. All right, guys. We'll see you either for No Buffs or we'll see you for the Drop Podcast. Embrace the day, people. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.